0: hello and welcome to our third episode of today's air defenders podcast my name is don herrick the air and missile defense public affairs and today in the studio we have the ada proponent warrant officer chief warrant officer 3 david Hemingway. hey chief thank you for coming out and talking to us today hey
1: thank you very much for having me don Um, the opportunity to do this is a great value to the force and and thank you for what you do and starting this series up how is
0: how is life at the cross-functional team treating you it it is truly an exciting time to be an air defense artillery uh especially with the amount of modernization that's going on right now Uh, but you know i was excited to have you on this episode particularly what you were been doing and facilitating for our warrant officer culture campaign can you uh expand on that
1: Oh, absolutely. As many people in the force know, I can talk about the Culture Campaign for a few hours. Uh, but first, I think listeners need to understand that you have a script and I don't. And I don't think that's very fair, Don. <laughs> um, so yeah, the Culture Campaign goes after a messaging strategy of of be trusted, be remembered, make a difference. And, and what we're targeting in these podcasts to kind of start a conversation, you know, I, I think there's great opportunity for a whole series to get into what we've discovered over the past year of this this culture campaign that we've taken on. But this morning, I do, I do want to talk to you and answer some questions about the Be Trusted, Be Remembered, uh, Make a Difference terminology and concept and what we're trying to get after. So what would you like to know more about the culture campaign?
0: Well, you know, when you were developing this, the Be Trusted and Be Remembered, you know, how does that apply to an an NCO's thinking about becoming a warrant officer? That's
1: a great question. I know in the previous one, you've talked, you've spoken to the commandant about his, his pride, hustle, and desire concept, and it it kind of follows in line. It's just another echelon of that kind of method, methodology or thought process, and it's what Air Defense Artillery wants in its warrant officers. It's what we need to be. Um, You have to be trusted. It's the beginning of the warrant officer culture. If your commanders, if your soldiers, if your peers don't trust you, your technical or tactical competence is—I wouldn't even say it's in question, Don. I'd say it's—it's irrelevant. If 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 my leadership doesn't trust me, the knowledge in my brain doesn't count. So that's what be trusted is really all about. You have to be that that key member of a team. Um, You've got to be trusted by them. When we talk about um, be remembered, it's. It's a little bit of a oxymoron, right? Everybody's remembered, and, you know. Over in the schoolhouse, we talk to students, and we say, like, "You're going to go to a unit. And you're going to meet a commander. You're going to meet soldiers. That commander going to come back here and go to, you know, some kind of PCC brief in the future." And, and people around the headquarters, other warrant officers in the branch, we always ask, "Who's your warrant officer?" And and they always, they say a name, and then they say a sentence. Something gets said. And you know, what, what is that sentence? I never saw that guy, I didn't know that guy, or holy cow, that guy was the best thing sliced, since sliced bread. I had a successful command because of my warrant officer. So we're trying to drive that kind of, that kind of be remembered um, and take some pride and just cognizant realization of how you will be remembered and what you're achieving in your
0: service. Because it's always those two extremes that are remembered, your best and then your worst. So I, I loved that catchline in your uh, culture campaign.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you know the culture campaign has some values behind it, and and the big one is to focus on development. Um, in the past, for better or worse, and you know culture changes with time. We focused on recruiting NCOs, and you said, you know, what what do NCOs need to know? I want I want soldiers to know, E four and below, to know how to. Prepare themselves to be successful and the the catchphrase that's kind of caught on when we talk culture campaign is Is make a decision from a position of power? You know at the rank of staff sergeant at the rank of sergeant first class to to know that they're qualified to be a warrant officer And be able to make a decision as to whether they want to follow that road or they want to be a first sergeant They want to be a platoon sergeant, you know, they want to stay enlisted. We're not we're not trying to recruit anymore I don't I don't want to steal talent. I want to build with the NCO Corps talent for both sides, you know, as well as anybody that wants to go OCS. Really, it's just the ability to make the branch better across the board.
0: So, you know, looking at the NCOs who are considering putting in a warrant officer packet, you know, what would be your advice to them? Start early. Um,
1: you know, that that's the key, start early. You're, you're a young E5, you're a, you know, finish your platoon sergeant time E7. As soon as you think that it's something that you're interested in, or you want to understand better, seek the warrant officers in your organization, seek your commanders, challenge leadership to develop you, to teach you how to how to go in the right direction. Um, one of the obstacles is always a GT score. Uh, the best time for you to increase your GT score in the army is while you're a lower enlisted soldier and you're not in a you know key developmental position. You're not a platoon sergeant. You can afford to step away for a couple weeks and educate yourself. Um, so the sooner you can start the better off you'll be. Ask the questions. You know, if you, if you want to go warrant next week and you're trying to figure out what the requirements are, you're, you're really setting yourself up for failure. That doesn't work out too well. You're, you're asking the system to provide something for you. That's, it's really unfair on us. You know, when we want to mentor and develop future warrant officers to say, Hey, I'm interested. It's the first of the month, the board's in three weeks. I'll do it. If you can help me get my packet ready. you You're going to have a bad time. (laughs) That's that's not the way the
0: program is meant to work. The whole prior planning. Uh, Absolutely. Awesome. So looking at like college education, you know, I know some NCOs who have or do not have college sometimes are concerned about putting in a packet. What is the requirement for that?
1: So air defense artillery has actually waived and removed what used to be the three Three or six, don't catch me lying, um, college credit hours of English and math, um, that's not a requirement. You don't have to have college to go warrant. Can it limit your career potential later? Will you want to continue to work on some kind of professional development and and, uh, personal education to increase your ability to advise commanders and be a better warrant officer? Absolutely. I don't know many of us that aren't huge advocates for college because it, it, it really can change your perspective on life. You know, Private Hemingway sure wasn't thinking about college and Private Hemingway sure did not look at problems in our Army and, and my ability to influence and advise commanders and support the branch through the same lens that, you know, I do today. And college is a huge part of that, right? What it's, what it's added to, to my toolkit, you know, it just becomes something in your toolbox. But you don't have to have college to go warrant. And you, you make me think of another great point that trying isn't failure. We've, we've communicated this pretty, pretty deeply throughout the branch and 30th Brigade. Um, and no NCO should be afraid to put in a packet and try. There is an old adage that if I failed the basic course, I, you know, I, I got a DD-14. I left as an enlisted member. I'm no longer part of the Army if I fail. And it, that sounds really risky, and that that's that's a big hurdle for somebody to to take sometimes. And we've had tons of discussions that nobody nobody should be punished for trying to achieve something. If you come and you try and you you are unsuccessful in the basic course, you're. I can't say you're not being sent home because it really depends on what you're what you're unsuccessful for illegal and ethical and moral. But if you come and give it your best and you just can't keep up with the 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 regimen or the technical expertise expected and you fail tests academically, you're you're going back to your NCO um, rank and you're going back to your NCO rank with an experience like no other NCOs have, right? It shouldn't be taken as a negative. It shouldn't be looked at as failure. You have an experience that's going to really empower you to be an amazing leader as a first sergeant sergeant major for anybody that wants to be a warrant officer in the future or the warrant officers in your formation. You're going to
0: understand them that much better. Because I know you must receive a lot of email traffic about having a profile and submitting a packet <laughs> so as, as I'm listening to these chuckles I can I know in experience how much you've had can you expand on that
1: yeah so so first I'll say I do I, I receive an enormous amount of emails from all kinds of questions from. Really, you know, on the, the ADA Proponent Warrant Officer Facebook page, I get messages from spouses that are trying to convince their husbands to go warrant. I get interest from NCOs and soldiers all over the Army, and and please send them. Send the questions. I, I answer every single one. Sometimes it takes me a couple weeks, but everybody gets an answer, and everybody gets honest feedback and, and humble feedback, right? I'm not, not everybody... Um, shapes their emails correctly when, you know, what you would expect a specialist to send to CW3, and you're not going to get any kind of apprehensive response out of, out of me on those emails. I just want to coach and mentor wherever I can and try and help people find their path to success. To so the, the profile question, there is a waiver program out there for warrant officer sessions to, um, to, to achieve that waiver and be able to go warrant with a permanent profile. However, it is specifically designed for combat injured soldiers. You know, we're talking about Special Forces soldiers that had an IED attack, you know, blow off part of a leg, you know, severely hurt someone, and they have continued to serve, and now they want to serve as a, as a Special Forces warrant officer. And, and Special Forces is, you know, the, kind of the extreme example to use, but that's the intent behind uh, DAG-1's permanent profile waiver program so you know if you you got a bad back because you sat inside of an ECS for 12 months and didn't stand up and stretch on a regular basis you know that's that's not necessarily the guy that's going to get that waiver approved you're you're welcome to submit I'm absolutely not going to stop your packet from going to that waiver process but the realization is you know I haven't I haven't seen anybody get a waiver approved in those type of conditions yet
0: oh wow I didn't realize it was at that level
1: yeah, yeah, it's very, it's it's very much geared to, and it you know it, it makes sense, Don. I've gone back and forth. I've had lots of discussions with you know the USAREC team and with obviously candidates or NCOs that are trying to go warrant and very interested in doing it, but this is a this is a roadblock for them. But you know you're you're, you're signing a six year ad, so you're going to get specialized technical and tactical training for you know six months or greater than six months. You're you're expected to be able to do something for the army. And the realization is, and I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not throwing stones at a glass house. I've been injured and I have a permanent profile. And once you have a permanent profile, you are, you kinda, you're on your downhill slope sometimes, right? You, you're not going to have another 20 years to go and to keep up with soldiers and to be a, a meaningful, engaged leader in the Army sometimes once you're, you're dealing with your own physical limitations. So why the Army wouldn't want to put somebody down a, a path as a warrant officer that's already
0: showing career limitations, you know, it makes sense in the big picture. So, you know, we've talked about NCOs thinking about submitting packets, and I know in the ADA schoolhouse, we've added some civilian certification programs Mm -hmm. for our our warrant officers. Can you uh, expound on a couple of those that we're doing? Um, Yeah. So, so, I
1: don't know, I'm just going to say Big Army came down with an incentive to get after some uh, industry-recognized Credentialing programs to align with PME where where applicable and put put some power as in money behind that. Um, so the 140 Alpha MOS right now will go through CompTIA A plus and Net plus training in their basic course, and when they come back for the advanced course, they go through Sec plus training. So you're getting um, CompTIA industry standard certifications with your educational program. The 140 LIMAs go and focus on AC and DC electronics in their basic course and they get certifications out of, out of local uh, school programs for that. Um, and there's, there's, there's definitely conversation and there's a possibility that more of that is gonna be built in RPME. I know the, the Kilos are interested in finding something that aligns well with their MOS. The LIMA advanced course is looking at maybe the next step above the AC, DC and circuitry that um, the basic course is doing. So there's, there's, some, there's some great opportunities in there for education that really goes goes beyond your service career and put something on your resume for your future.
0: So do those help, those civilian certifications help build the technical skills that are needed for our warrant officers?
1: If I said no, they'd probably stop giving us money to do it, wouldn't they, Don? <laughs> no, they absolutely do, right? It's tools in your toolkit, it's a, you know, people get, um, Worried about you know warrant officer education and how hard it's going to be because it it does right it's a huge change in scope. I absolutely still remember um, when I started the basic course and what what NCOEs type of education baseline where I learned like a, we will we will demonstrate we will read we will study you will you will regurgitate you will memorize you will you will. Embody and and understand the topics that we're talking about. When, when you get in a warrant officer PME, it, it can be daunting, and it's it's different because it's it's more along the lines of understanding the why and the theory of how things work and some exploratory learning that 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 absolutely can be intimidating. But man, if I could do it, anybody can do it. it it's it's just giving your changing the way your brain focuses a little bit and widening its aperture up and and letting yourself. Teach yourself, if if you will. I know that sounds weird, but it'll make sense to somebody, I'm sure.
0: Especially with the the army always focusing on lifelong learners, what advice can you give other NCOs? I
1: mean, so Don, there's a there's a key point here, and I love the opportunity to talk on this, and it, it could go you know so much deeper. This could probably be a whole other podcast, but we've changed the optic of coming around and trying to recruit NCOs. That's that's not what. That's, that's not how we serve the branch the best. I'm not trying to recruit talent. What, my advice for the NCO Corps is to help um, help us. You know that This culture campaign absolutely started as a warrant officer initiative, but it has grown wings. Um, and it is very clearly something that can have a huge impact to help our branch. So when we talk about developing these soldiers young, we're talking about training soldiers. When we're talking about training soldiers, we're talking about what non-commissioned officers do for our branch. So instead of finding staff sergeants and sergeant first classes and talking to NCOEs and and recruiting, I'm asking for help. You, you know, the NCO corps built me. The NCO corps builds warrant officers. I can't. We we can't. The warrant officer cohort can't find our replacements on our own. It's a hand in hand mission that we both do. And when we get after you know this developmental concept, we we've recently heard from the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the Chief of Staff of the Army this this uh, momentum behind the corrosives. Uh, one of the ways to kind of counter these corrosives and any kind of um, maltreatment or unfair treatment to soldiers based on you know age race gender sex uh, is to is to engage them young um, when you give every soldier the same developmental opportunities and point them on a path to success they make a decision on what kind of level of, of success they reach it's a big change from the dynamic of You know, chief, taking his you know right hand man or woman and putting somebody under their wing and developing that one individual to be a future warrant officer, we we have to crush that. That has to stop. That's it's rarely or never, in my my opinion, done on a, a male intent concept. But we're we're cognizant of it now, and we have to develop everyone. And when we hit them young, we offer great opportunities for advancement and for them to get on a path and understand where they need to go. And it. It mirrors what we've seen as societal effects when we look at, you know, opportunities for civilians and maybe, you know, lower income type communities or, or or just you know minorities that that don't get the opportunity to grow out of certain positions in life. Forty years of research say the best way to influence that is is healthcare, preschool, um, educational opportunities and resources from a young age to put people on a path to success. Developing e and below to make decisions from a position of power it's no different than that so that you know that and that's not something that warrant officers do to build future warrant officers that's something that warrant officers ncos and our leaders and officers need to do together so so we grow talent right we want to grow talent if everybody makes that that uh decision from a position of power at staff sergeant they don't all go warrant they become super competent platoon sergeants and and super experienced first sergeants and sergeant majors we we make the talent better for the entire branch.
0: That is great advice, Chief. So for all of our NCOs out there, help us, please. So we're getting really close on time. So what I wanted to ask you is, what closing comments that you have,
1: Don? We hit, you know, we hit wave tops on this culture campaign plan. I know there's a lot more information in there, and. and you know, it might be. It might be. I know it's extremely valuable to your user audience, and if they're seeking the ability to develop themselves and to learn more about this stuff, I just, I want to offer to to do more of these in the future. And really, you know, on today's Air Defenders page, if you're listening to this and you have questions that you want from the Warren officer proponent or from anybody else I work with, you know, ask them, and we'll follow up. We'll do more podcasts. We'll get you the information you need. I love sitting around talking to Don. The opportunity to do that and help the force is a. Is a double whammy win, um, so please you know, let me know what you think, let me know what else I can add to you, and follow me at ADA Proponent
0: W-O for Warrant Officer uh, on
1: Facebook. Thank you very much for your time, Don.
0: Hey Chief, thank you so much for joining us today, and once again, uh, you've been listening to the ADA Proponent Warrant Officer, Chief Warrant Officer 3, David Hemingway, and this is today's Air Defenders.